Show me some emotion, man. <laughs> my emotions in my smile. <laughs> okay. What's up, my friends? Welcome to Christian Podcast Live. Live from Costa Mesa, California. My name is Beto Gudiño. And today we are broadcasting live, like I said, from... What is this? Moon Goat. Moon, I almost said the, no, the, the wrong coffee shop. No, this is called Moon Goat Coffee Roasters in Costa Mesa, California. I love this place. And my friend Dan Barrett got me... The matcha latte. This is matcha latte, right? Yes. Thank you With so much, oat man. Milk. <laughs> With oat milk. So good. All right. Today, we're going to have an amazing conversation with Dan. Dan Barrett. I'll introduce him to you guys. And he's got an epic story. By the end of the show, the goal is to be crying with violin music in the background. That's like the purpose of this episode. And hopefully, that means that you've been inspired Right, we have emojis in our show. Um, inspired to action. Inspired maybe to talk to your kids about how to give, how to become givers. Inspired maybe about becoming yourself a giver in many, 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 many different ways. It could be through Kids Give to Kids, which we're going to talk about what it is, but it could be just through being a generous person. And I think Dan, in the story that you have, is so epic. That I think we're going to be inspired. We're going to learn a little bit of, of your background, your story. But first of all, I mean, let's just start right here, Dan. Like, introduce yourself to the audience, who you are, maybe what you do. Well, thank you, Beto, for even, you know, offering to do this. This is amazing. I love what you do. I've seen some of your podcasts. I love the inspiration that you flow into it. I love the love, the compassion, the empathy. My name is Daniel Barrett. I'm the founder of Kids Give to Kids, and I'm here to hopefully inspire you, but definitely to inspire kids to change the world. Wow. I mean, that that, that already sounds like an epic um, goal to have, inspire kids to change the world. Um, so I'll tell you a little bit about my story um, with the podcast. So when I started, I was... Uh, One of my very first episodes I ever had was with a woman that helps kids in the foster care system, foster care youth. And I was just kind of curious, you know, like I came to America, I'm from Mexico, and I had a little bit of background in helping kids in the streets in Mexico because it's a whole, it's a, I mean, it's a different, different, different scenario than that that we find here in America. But... Um, I think there's still something in my heart that is like, wow, the same way that we help kids there, uh, there's still a way to give and be generous and kind to people, but we're under a different system, right? And I think the foster care system has like its own, like good and bad, right? And you come out of that system. So talking to this woman back in the, you know, one of my first episodes, it was just like eye-opening to understand a little bit of the background of of what it means to even be a foster care youth and the challenges that they face, which are extreme, I would say, you know, to say the least, extreme. Uh, but then getting to know you, you invited me to, me and my wife, to one of your fundraisers uh, like a month ago, right? Like not too long ago. And just hearing like the backstory of what you are doing now, it was just like epic. It was like a journey, like a story that I'm like, wow, this is... This is amazing. Like, I can't believe you went through that. But, I mean, can you introduce us, like, really quick? Like, what's what's your background? How are you related to the foster care system or foster care youth? Like, what that meant for you growing up? So, basically, you know, when, you're, when you become a ward of the court, that means that, you know, you're taken away from your father or your mother or both parents because the situation that you're in is unfit or... Um, it's just not ideal for uh, anybody to be, any kid to be raised in. And so at age seven, I literally was taken, my brother and my sister was taken from my mother, and we were placed in multiple foster care units or homes. And, and really, I mean, just on a short note right now, I'm sure we'll get into some more later, later, but, you know, when you're in that situation, you feel like you're thrown away. 
you feel like you're not loved you feel like you're abandoned you feel like you know you're 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 a lost soul and when you live in that world you kind of build up your walls to protect yourself and when you do that you as an adult if you don't deal with those situations you're living an unbalanced life so everything that we're going to be talking about today is the structure of my kid as my life as a kid in the foster care and group home system and then back with my single mother which actually in some cases was worse than the foster care because you feel like when you're with your parent that's your mom she should love you in a way that is unconditional and should be you know an amazing you know it just should should be a a great experience but in my case we were just a paycheck you know we were just a a way that my mom can game the system but we'll get into that too but bottom line is what we're doing is very psychological it's not just about giving a toy away it's about giving kids choice and allowing kids to become givers, which literally in this world right now is not happening on a consistent basis. There is no program like our program on the planet right now. Mm-hmm. Kids give to kids. Kids give to kids, which is the nonprofit, and Kspire, which is the fulfillment center. So when you go to kspire.com, which is K-S-P-I-R-E.com, that's where you can actually see the store. That's where you can actually pick the toys. It's just like going on to Amazon and shopping, but it's free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. And you were saying when we were at the fundraiser, you were talking about kind of like the heart behind uh, why kids give to kids, like why collecting toys from kids to give to other kids. And you were saying something like when you were in the, I think it was called, before it was called Orangewood, the, like the foster. What is that? I mean, is it's that like an orphanage? What so is that? Or- Orangewood is a, like, a, like a home for kids that are in transition of going into foster care or, you know, primarily going back to their parents. It's like a, in between, it's like a halfway house for kids. Um, but back when I was in that home, it was called Albert Sutton home. And, um, and I mean, look at, I learned some great things in that home and I've applied them to this program. Um, and as we go, you can probably ask me about the different stories and we'll take it from there and see Yeah, well, I like the one where you were saying something about um, you would get you would get like all kinds of gifts or toys. Okay, so uh, something around that. What they had was a program when you made your bed or swept your room or picked up trash or washed the dishes or whatever you did, you earned points. Right. Mm. And so you had a little book that a stamp would be able to stamp this book like a little passport book and you earn these points and then they had a little store that you can go turn your points into actual toys and the store was the size of maybe a walk-in closet and it was full of toys i mean it probably had probably about it probably had about five to ten thousand dollars worth of toys in it but what i did is i found the stamp so i found the stamp and i just literally just just stamped my book as if I were like a lifer. Like, <laughs> I, like, like, like I lived there the whole time yeah. and it's been 20 years and I've earned all these points. And so I went to go use my points and there's just no way that any kid in history could have earned this many points. It's, just, it's yeah. impossible, you know? Yeah. It's a rigged program. Well, pretty much. No? No way, there's just <laughs> no way that, that I could have earned that many points, but yeah. they didn't stop me. And I probably collected probably, I mean, if I were to go to Target and and get the toys that I got from Target, I would have spent like two grand. Wow. And and they never stopped me. And and my brother, I told him, I go, why do you think they never stopped me? Because I wrote a book called Not Loving Yourself is the Biggest Disease on the Planet. Mm. And I wrote 75% of that book in eight days, which is unusual, of course. But the quote for the book is, it's easy to write a book when God is holding the pen in your hand. So that book saved my life. But as I was writing that book, I I confronted my brother about that story. And I said, why do you think that they allowed me to do that? And they go, he goes, Daniel, I think that they saw a kid that was an introvert and in front of their very eyes becoming an extrovert. And they didn't know what you were going to do with those toys, but they knew you were going to do something. So they allowed you to do it. And so what I ended up doing is I ended up taking, I mean, literally taking all these toys, putting them in my room, 
creating little VIP cards. Now understand, I'm 10 years old at this point. Wow. Creating little VIP cards for all the kids that are in the group home and saying, hey, here's your card. Come and check out a toy. Play with it by choice. Put it back. Give me that card back and bring the toy back and we bring we give you the card. And so literally these kids that didn't have enough points or didn't earn enough points and didn't have that much was able to come in and check out games and Legos and 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 remote control car and whatever that I got, they got to check it out and use it. Wow. It was just, it, it, I mean, I just, at 10 years old, I just thought that that was something to do. Yeah. And uh, so that's almost like the, I mean, if I would say what kids give to kids, it's almost like that is the starting point. Like that, it was already in your mind. And it's so, it's counterintuitive because you would think, you know, here's all these toys for myself. I'm going to find out a way to, you know, just like spend all my time. No, like I think of my kids, right? Like nowadays people and kids, right? Or parents give toys to their kids for Christmas. And it's almost like, yeah, the more, the more gifts that I can get, but you don't even have enough time to play with so many toys, right? So what if, if you start thinking, hey, what if maybe the toys are not all for yourself? So that's really interesting that you had that, um, that perspective in life that, hey, maybe these toys are not just so much for me. Like, do you, can you pinpoint what made you think of other people other so, than just say, oh, all these kids, I mean, all these toys are now for me, ha, 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 right? No, you were generous. So writing this book, you know, I wrote the book, and as I'm writing this book, I'm just regurgitating my life, you know? I'm just getting all the, I'm breaking down the walls, I'm just telling all the little stories that I never told to anybody. I mean, so many of my friends never even knew I was in foster care system because I never spoke about it, you know? And that's the thing. Uh, you know, these kids that are going through that situation, you know, a lot of them don't talk about it. And there's two reasons I think why they don't. One is they're ashamed. They think it's their fault. You know, when mm -hmm. you're at that young age and you're being pried from your mother or father, you start thinking that it's your fault. So that's one reason. The second reason is we don't really believe in sympathy. We, say, we think sympathy is a lie. We think that it's not true. We think it's false, you know? So we don't want to hear your sympathy. We just want to tell our story, you know? Or we don't want to tell our story. But either way, when we do, we don't want sympathy for it, you know? We, mm. we want genuine, genuine... So I like the walls you're saying that you were building... Right. Well, it, so the wheels, the walls I built up protected myself from everything. But the problem is when you build walls like that, then you're you're emotionally damaged. You don't you don't use the words I love you. You you don't understand the true meaning of compassion. You truly don't understand the word empathy and what the meaning is. Because when I wrote my book, I had to look up that word just to really understand the meaning. Because we mm. we're, we just don't have that empathy for people because we live through. A, a bad situation and we survived it. So why should we have empathy for others? Right. Mm -hmm. But every situation is different and some are worse than others. You know, when I look back on my life, it's nothing compared to some of these stories that I've heard of people and what they've gone through. And it's just unbelievable what they go through. So when I'm writing this book, I'm like realizing that, you know, God has been in my whole life the whole time. I just, I just never knew it. He was gearing towards every aspect. So go back like four years and for five years I was, you know, collecting toys for Toys for Tots. And I was putting out a hundred boxes all over Orange County. I was the only individual person that they would give a hundred boxes to to collect toys. And I would go and lay them all, all over Orange County, collect toys, and we would have two events. One event would be to kind of like have the Marines come and we would feed them and we would give them all the toys that we collected around the 10th or the 11th of December. But we would still have two, we would still have hundreds of boxes out, a hundred boxes out all over Orange County for like two weeks. So on December 24th, Denny's off Harbor and the 405 freeway in Costa Mesa would allow us to use their back parking lot. And then we would promote two truly less fortunate families that really needed help and, you know, getting toys. And we would lay out thousands of toys where these kids could pick these toys. And what was a ha-ha moment for me was like 
20 25% of these real true less fortunate families i mean they were really struggling you know they 25% of them actually went to denny's and they ate as a family cuz mm. the money they saved and not having to buy toys and trust me the toys that they got were far beyond the toys they would have been able to purchase in the first place you know and so that was a unthinkable haha moment and then coming to where we are now where kids can actually take their used toys that they no longer play with upload them to the website where other kids can go and choose those toys for free then we have local restaurants that are pickup drop-offs when a kid picks up a toy or drops off a toy they both earn a free kids meal but also kids can go pick brand new toys for free play with them by choice put them back up as a used toy and possibly become a giver for the first time in their lives at age three four five years old mm. wow okay so you're saying basically i mean the big word i'm i'm hearing right now is empathy so i feel like out of empathy for the other kids stories right like growing up knowing your own story but like you said you know you knew of other people that had even harder stories and then the empathy to say i mean I, when i think of a a toy really the the idea behind that is can this toy bring you some joy and maybe help you overcome the hardship or the struggle i mean i think that's kind of like the heart behind it no like for so i want to be a, a little bit more in depth so i think the toy is just the vehicle okay that's that's great where we're missing in our society right now what we're missing is most kids fortunate or less fortunate doesn't matter they don't have choice so 95% of all nonprofit out there that help these kids which thank god for them and we need them all They only push toys to kids and the kids accept them based on the fact that it's better than nothing, but it's still, they're not getting choice. They're just going, oh, I'm a mm -hmm. less fortunate child, so I'm just going to take this because it's better than nothing. And you got your parents saying the same thing and you got people saying the same thing. So these kids are being branded less fortunate, being branded fortunate, being branded in whatever ways they're branded. And I don't believe that's fair. I believe that the situation that they're in can be branded but the kid themselves shouldn't be branded. So what if we have a kid that starts learning how to give at age three years old? And what better feeling is it to give versus to receive? Mm -hmm. And these kids, I mean, just if we were just to split it evenly, 50% of our population as kids don't experience how to give until they're older. So they don't experience that euphoria of, of that unbelievable feeling. And it's different for each of them because it's just a different feeling. Mm -hmm. But they're not feeling it because they don't get the opportunity to do it. And even kids that are fortunate, they don't get really the choice to choose, to give. They get told to give. Mm -hmm. All right, you got some new toys coming in. Take your toys. We're going to put it in a bag. We're taking it to Goodwill. There's no learning curve whatsoever. With our program, the kids get to upload the toy. They fill out the form. The parents decide where they want to drop off the toy once it's chosen. The kid can see their toy in the store with their name underneath as the donor, all right? Then the toy stays at the house. Once the toy is chosen, then they get a notification to go drop it off. Let's say it's at Dunkin' Donuts. And they go to Dunkin' Donuts and they drop it off and and they let us know that it's dropped off and the kid gets a free donut. Mm. And then a notification goes to that family to go pick up the toy and that kid gets a free donut. It's equality. But now the kid that gave that toy away feels better because they know that, that, that their toy was chosen mm. and not just thrown away or put in the trash or put it in a bag. Because these kids, they feel like they own these toys because it's the only thing they feel they own. So when you take their toys, they're going to cry even if they play with them or not because they feel it's theirs. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I love that. Cause, uh, okay, so you're saying our society needs more empathy, needs to learn to become givers because it's better to give than to receive. And what you're saying is not so much about the toy, it's about that your program allows for the kid one, for, for one kid to choose, but it also allows for a kid to give, right? So I mean, I, I mean to based me- Based on I, choice. Ba and I feel like right there you're talking, I mean to me, it seems like you're talking about kingdom of God, right? And I've 
No, I've talked on this podcast again and again that to me, the kingdom of God is relationships. And I think through this program, you're allowing, maybe without even kids knowing so, uh, you're allowing them that, that freedom and that joy that can only come when you become a giver, like an authentic exactly. giver. Yes. Right? By choice. That By means that they chose. That means that they're coming up to you. You're not telling them to give. They're coming to you and saying, Daddy, Mommy, can I give some of my toys to Case Buyer so other kids can go and choose those toys? How is that going to make you feel as a parent? Yeah. That they're, that they're <laughs> doing that and you're not having to ask them to do it. My, one of my slogans is, you know, the gift is giving, not the toy. Mm. The gift is giving. To be able to give is a gift. To be able to have that feeling of giving when God gave his life to us and, and, and gave us, you know, complete life forever mm -hmm. based on the fact that he gave his only son for our sins, we don't really understand that because it's just so profound yeah. you know what i mean it's so we can't we can we can accept it because we're told that that's the case mm -hmm. you know what i mean but god gave his son for us to live forever i mean put that into perspective of giving <laughs> i mean even jesus that wasn't his choice he's like is there any other way I mean, do we have to do it this way? And God's like, yes, we have to do it this way. You know what I mean? But because of that, we're forever saved as long as we accept them into our, our heart and we, we ask for forgiveness, you know? Mm -hmm. So these kids, if they learn how to give at age three, four, or five years old, are they going to become better adults? Are they going to not follow in the footsteps that their parents took by gaming the system or, or whatever the case may be? Because I'm not look at I'm not putting down parents, okay, but there's situations that could be better, but there isn't programs out there to make them better. I think most of the programs out there in the world that are helping kids or teenagers are like reprogrammers. They're reprograms, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So it's a kid that's already completely broken, went down the wrong road. Mm -hmm. Maybe they ended up on drugs. Maybe they were attempted suicide maybe they are coming out of jail at a young age so they're going into these programs to reprogram themselves right to be a better person in society right mm. but where's the programs that teach these kids at age three four five years old there's nothing you know there's the boys girls clubs there's the ymcas there's the boy scouts girl scouts and that's great you know and that helps i'm sure but not every kid can afford that Not every mm. kid is in a position to, to go to those situations, you know? Yeah. Okay, so there's... Well, I have right now two questions that I want to get from you, you know, or two answers, I would say. Um, one is kind of like, what does this look like? I mean, is this a local thing? Is it Orange County? Do you plan to expand? Like, what have you witnessed in terms... Because I know, I mean, I was at the fundraiser and it was so cool to see so many people um, vouching in and saying, hey, I want to support if it's for the kids, you know. I mean, it was amazing. Even people of other... I mean, I'm just going to use the word, maybe other religions, right? Or other ethnic backgrounds even. So it was so cool. And I think, I mean, you're unapologetic about, you know, your your whole like relationship with God in all of this and where you have seen him and witnessed him moving through this. So, I mean, what is, what is your vision as far as it, as, as far as it is for um, kids give to kids? Like, do you, do you care? Or, I mean, do you care how big it gets? Do you have a goal, a dream? What is it? So obviously I, I want to be straight up. This is a God driven company. There's no way that I would be where I'm at. And there's stories I can tell that would clarify that, and 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 and, and you would see that that's there is nothing but truth. That there's no way I would be where I'm at or where I'm going without God. First off, second off is you know this isn't about religion. Just like you said, it, it it's about the kids. But saying that, you know, I do talk about God a lot with people, and and they always tell me, "Are you religious?" And I go, "No." And they go, oh, you're a Christian. And I go, no. <laughs> and they go, well, what are you talking about? I have a personal relationship with God. 
I have a really strong faith-bound, trust-bound relationship with God. And they go, but that's Christianity. And I go, well, listen, <laughs> you, could, you could debate religion, you can debate Christianity, but you can never, ever debate my relationship with God. Never. You, you won't stand a chance. And with that said, this program is as far as God's going to take us, which I, I'm sure God has great plans for what we're doing. One of the things we are right now is just Orange County based. But once we build the app, which is what we're working on now, we'll be able to open up into different counties and different states. One of my biggest goals is to get these kids that are aging out of the foster care system because they have unbelievable stories to tell mm -hmm. to become a part of our program where they open up their little city or they open up their little county and they are the representative of that location because they need to sign up restaurants to be the pickup and drop off locations and they can earn, you know, they can earn money by doing that. But at the same time they can help their community and at even a bigger situation, they can tell their story. Um, I think it's unlimited, you know, mm -hmm. as long as there's kids, restaurants and toys, I yeah. think that we can do it anywhere in the world. But right now I would love to do the United States. Um, and I would love this to, I would love, it doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter. Your religion doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter if you know God, what matters is that we're putting together a project that will help kids because when we do that, they're going to see God in it. Hmm. They're going to understand that this is God driven. They're going to know that God's getting all the glory when I'm doing what I'm doing. And I'm starting to go and do talk shows and radio shows that the glory goes to God. I'm just a servant for him. I'm just, I just, it took me 48 years to realize what my purpose in this world was, but I promise you that there's no way from the day I was born, to where I am now that God wasn't planning this project for me the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, the story is epic. Like you were saying in the, in the fundraiser, a little bit of, uh, kind of like the hard stories and you were introducing people in the audience that were related in very specific moments of your story that had an like almost like an epic influence and, And that they were almost like you were saying at the beginning, no? like when you look back, like you've seen God throughout the journey, right? And maybe in the moment you didn't necessarily see, okay, this is God working through this person or whatever. But it's when you look back and I think you have a, a heart of gratitude and appreciation for, for the people that have been there. And so anyways, I mean, this is what I want to say first. In as far as uh, you know, how big this can get, I think I applaud you to have this vision, and and even the, to say you know I'm this will be a United States thing, you know. And I was talking in one of my previous episodes with this woman who became, you know, a worker for the president, and she kind of grew up uh, kind of like in, I don't know if it was like foster care, but you no, know, in a harsh upbringing. And what I love that she said is, is uh, she was telling people you know that she encounters uh to inspire them she says where you come from doesn't need to be where you end up right and i think you're an exemplification of that exactly that you know and i that's where i feel like man this thing is it's not so much like you're starting it and because you started it's gonna get big or whatever but i think it's because of the right heart that this can get big and like you're saying you know, like nobody else is doing what you're doing and the way you are doing it and focusing more on on the gift is given right rather than the gift itself so that's that's genius already you know i think that's has something so in terms of the story uh you know some people were in this audience at the fundraiser and you were saying you know man i, I mean i forgot the names because i'm bad with names but you said And um, you helped me clean up my room and you went in there and there were fleas and there were uh, like all kinds of, I don't know if he even said roaches and things like that. And you helped me, like people were there for you in moments where, where 
I mean, you you could have it could have gone awry, right? In moments where well, maybe you could have been depressed. I, I right? was so unbelievably broken. Okay, I was I was. Okay, so I was so broken that I had the pills in my hand that I could have swallowed and ended my life. That's how broken I was. And I was in my car and I was just crying and I was just praying. I was just saying, God, take me away from here. I'm done. I'm done. I, I, I don't know my purpose. I don't know why I'm here. Why am I here? You know, I was living a life that wasn't bad. You know, I, I, I never took drugs and I never touched alcohol in my life. Um, I never, I, I mean, there might've been times when I thought about suicide, but I never was at that point where I had the pills in my hand. And I was probably in my car for two hours plus, just crying and crying and crying. And I don't know exactly, I, I was, I, when you're at that point, you're you're not thinking rationally. You're not thinking at all. You're you're you just shut down. And when you shut down like that, there's no care. There's you don't care. You don't care about who you're gonna hurt. You don't care about anything. There was one thought that went through my head, and it and I know that it was probably God that put this thought through my head. I believe that God gave me an exceptional mind. The things that I've done in my life and then the stories I can tell you and the things that I've done in my life would most people would be like, wow, you know. And so he put this thought in my I believe it was him that put this thought in my head where if you attempt this, you're going to fail. And and you're not only going to fail, but you're going to damage that beautiful brain that I gave you. And so I ended up committing myself into Hogue Hospital. And the first, quite a few, first day that I was in Hogue, I started just writing. Just writing, 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 writing. Then I got transferred to another facility and I just was reading what I was writing. And then everybody that commits themselves in most cases, is on an automatic 72-hour hold. It's just automatic, okay? And at that facility, I ended up speaking to a psychologist, the doctor, and I said, I looked him right in the eyes, and I said, okay, I don't belong here. And I told him what happened, and he goes, nope, you don't belong here, so I'm going to release wow. you tomorrow. So they left me, they released me. It was less than 48 hours. But what I'm getting at is now in my life, things still happen that are bad. Some of them are self-inflicted. Some of them are just bad decisions. But they happen. And it's bad situations. Sometimes it's just someone that does bad to you. But no longer do I look at it as being bad anymore. I look at it like, okay, that one hurt. That was an <laughs> owie. But now every single time, I look for the good that comes from that bad. Wow. Every single time. And it may take a day. It might take a week. It might take a month. There's no time frame because it's God's time, not your time. Hmm. But when it does happen, I know without a doubt in my mind that that wouldn't be happening at that very moment if it wasn't for the situation that was bad that happened. To give you a story of exactly what I'm talking about, and I didn't tell this story at the fundraiser, is I was doing my... I believe my third fundraiser, my third toy drive, live toy drive for kids give to kids. I or my second, sorry, my second. I did not have the app built yet because the person that was supposed to build the app wasn't able to do it. Okay, so I had no app. I have no way of distributing these toys. I had no way of doing what my mind had already figured out a way to do it because I didn't have the process of doing it. So I ended up doing an event and I partnered with a, a, a big big building that I'm not gonna say names, but they they host they were hosting a, a big, you know, holiday party and so I, I partnered with them. And we probably had thousands and thousands we probably had over seven thousand dollars worth of toys that were donated to us because I had a lot of our locations bring toys to us. 
and come to the event, you know? And during that time, I had people that were starting to say, oh, you're a scam artist, you're just collecting toys, you know? Mm. And so there was this one person in particular, I don't know who it was, I still don't know, I, I kind of know who it was, but I've never been able to talk to him or confront him, but I think he got into the ears of these people that were helping me run the event. So the next day, I told him, I go, let's leave the toys here and I'll pick them up the next day. And I go to pick them up the next day and they wouldn't give me the toys. They took all my toys. Wow. And they were calling me a, a scammer. They're saying I'm the biggest scam artist of all of Orange County. And it, it hurt my heart because, mm -hmm. I mean, I had nothing, nothing more than what I wanted to do than what I had in my mind. It's just the people that I counted on weren't allow me to do so at that time i didn't have my 501c3 i was piggybacking on another uh 501c which is called an incubator hmm. and so i was using their 501c3 to do what i was doing and to collect the toys and so on and so forth and so this place didn't give me my toys contacted that incubator and told them that i was the big scam artist and all this thing was just crashing down on me. The app wasn't being done. I was now becoming, you know, the laughing stock of Orange County based on people just spreading complete lies and rumors about me. So that's the bad, right? Mm -hmm. That's horrible. I mean, that's just like, you know, breaking your back. And that's just a small story. There's so many other stories that most human beings would have quit what I was doing and be done with it. But what happened is on that so that party was december like 10th or 11th right so on december 24th i laid out thousands and thousands of toys at the uh, anaheim business expo center my friend owned mm -hmm. and we had probably over three 300 plus families come to that location and actually pick their own toys for free and they got to pick seven toys they got to pick five two uh, of the really nice toys and then they got to pick five toys from this massive amount of pile of toys and so that's one thing that came from from that bad right the second thing that came from that bad is i built our website mm. i had no clue how to build a website i had <laughs> zero clue how to build a website but i knew what it needed to do so i took a a GoDaddy website template and i manipulated it to do what we're doing now mm. Okay. Wow. So that's the second thing. The third thing is, is I applied for my 501c3. In mm. less than a year, I got approved, which is unheard of. The fourth thing that happened is the, the nonprofit that dropped me, I told them that I have my 501c3 now, but I still need a funnel to be able to accept donations electronically. And that's the second thing that they did was they helped nonprofits be able to do that, you know, without getting credit card service. So they took me back and, and took me back as a client for free. Wow. <laughs> and grandfathered me in. So all that bad that happened, the good that came from that bad wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's just God, at, God at, at his best. Yes, I call that, well, exactly what you describe, I say that's what faith is. Right. And I think to me, faith is, is a lot of like that attitude, right? Like the attitude when, when bad things happen, what's your attitude going to be? Is that, is that the thing that's going to put you down or is that the thing that it's going to ignite the next step or the, or even just be open to the possibilities of the good that can come out of the bad. And I think, I mean, one is props, man, because I, I totally think you're exercising faith when you do that and that's amazing and I think that's why people are now vouching for you and for for you know kids give to kids and saying how can I help you know and I heard this woman at the fundraiser said something like uh, Dan like we are behind you you know you have our support you have the story you have the background you have the mission you have the vision no here I'm basically she was saying here's our money right we're behind this and I mean the 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 story is incredible you even talk about like this other moment when you said you were in your car 
and you were doing like Postmates or something like that, right? Like delivering food. And then you're thinking, okay, my car is my source of income and my car is where I live. And you got into an accident so, <laughs> and lost so, the two at the same time. So it's where I was going to live. So I don't know. I, I think people that, that find their true purpose in this world, they're unstoppable. Once mm. they truly find their true purpose, okay, there's a difference between purpose and passion, okay? Mm. Purpose, purpose is, it's, it's undeniable. You're the only person, when you figure out what your purpose is, you're the only person that truly sees it in a way that no one else in the world will. Now, you can help them see the pieces and parts of it, but wow. you know the whole story because it's your purpose, purpose that God gave you, okay? Mm. That's it. That's, there is no doubt, mm. zero doubt. Okay, like your faith is your strength, mm. your trust is your power. Okay? Intense. So trust for God. When the bad happens, people think that when bad happens in their life, it's the devil doing it. No. <laughs> If you have God in your life, God's not going to let the devil do that bad to you. Mm. Okay, he's not. He, he, you're off limits to him. The devil can't touch you. But sometimes some horrible things happen. And I believe to truly find your purpose and to truly go through a transformation in this world, you have to go through something horrible in your world, in your world, in your life. Something has to disrupt your life. Mm. And it, it could be a sibling dying. It could mm. be a child dying. It could be a child getting sick. It could be a divorce. It could be whatever it is until you go through that you're not going to want to change you're not going to want to transform you're mm -hmm. not going to have that ha ha moment where you find out what your purpose is in this world but once you do there's nothing in the world that's going to stop you so with that yeah. said I thought to myself, okay, I have no money coming in. I'm barely making enough money for rent. My roommate says that she's, you know, moving out of state because she's, you know, going to be, you know, she's going to be getting married. And so I thought to myself, okay, <laughs> I, I, I don't have an app yet. I know it's being built, but I don't have it yet. I know that my purpose is on track because I, I, I have the story, I have the background, and I have the vision, right? Like you said. So I said, okay, I'm going to live in my car. I'm going to document it. I'm going to shave my head. I'm going to get a health club membership. And I'm going to drive DoorDash and make a living and eat food and promote this, this, this purpose in my world. And this is where I say God has a sense of humor, okay? Because <laughs> in my life... God has a sense of humor, but the reason I say this is because I believe God gives you free will. God will let you do what you want to do, and he'll let you go full-blown into it. But he's going to be at a point saying, okay, you're just too far off your path. This is just too far. And so five days from me literally going to be living in my car, got the storage unit where my clothes are. I mean, I got everything other than the fact that I'm no, I still have a place to take a shower and a place to sleep for five more days. And I'm driving down, you know, the street at about 55 miles per hour. And this gentleman just makes a left right in front of me. And I go head-on collision with him. I take the whole front end of his car off. My whole front end is bashed into to basically it just the whole half of my front end's gone and I just break down now here's the reality of this the reality is I should have broken bones the gentleman that I hit should have broken bones we should be having ambulances coming and picking us up right now I have DoorDash food all over the floor I was literally on a delivery and I get out of my car crying going what is happening this is my home I just I just demolished my home. I have a I have, I don't I have maybe a hundred dollars in my pocket. I have nowhere to go. What's going on? That's pretty bad. That's bad. That's 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 pretty bad. 
And so I had my friend come and pick me up. Uh, took me a few, took him a few hours before he did. And it's funny because you probably remember him standing up and he said, and I got into an accident on the freeway as I was <laughs> going to pick him up. It wasn't wow. as bad as his, but I got into a, a fender bender. And anyway, so the good from that bad is this. When you have faith and you, when you have God in your life, one of my biggest, my simplest prayers every day on multiple times a day is, God, I love you. Please guide me. God, I love you. Please guide me. That's it. When you have the faith and you have the trust, you let him guide you. Hmm. But you have to be open to what he's doing for you. You have to be open to it. You have to understand that, Daniel, I love you. You're my son. You're not living in your car. It's not going to happen. So I ended up calling a friend of mine that owns the Agape Wellness Center, and I heard Sandra talk about that. But bottom line is, is... I called him up. I said, listen, I just got in a car accident. My car's ruined. It's done. I have no place to live. I have no money. I'm out on the street in five days. And he goes, all right, this is going to take a year. I go, I don't have a year. He goes, all right, what will it take? I go, I, I need four grand. I need $4,000. I need to find a place to live. I need a new car. Not only was he able to call me back, he had the lawyer spot me the four grand. But here's the reality of that. I got a better car than I had, okay? I was able to drive Uber for two years and do and do R&D. I don't know if you know what R&D is, but it's it's um, it's when you you talk about a business, you know, and you oh, find yeah, yeah. out, you know, okay. and you find out what people think about it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so for two years, I'm just talking to complete strangers about my program, and it changed so much by doing that because they're giving me You're their getting feedback. input. Yeah, for free. <laughs> I mean, when I first, when I first, when I first did it, I wasn't going to do new toys. I was only going to do used toys, and then the new toy idea came when I was talking to these people. Wow. And what bottom line, bottom line is, God changed everything for me. That car that I was driving was like a, a was like a an '89. It was so old, and I got fifty five hundred dollars for it, which is impossible. When I bought it for five hundred. Uh, I got an additional 300. God made sure that I didn't hurt anybody because I, he knew I wouldn't be able to live with that if I hurt somebody, even if it was my fault or not. Yeah. He basically got a scratch on my finger. That was the only thing that really happened to me. God is the most amazing aspect of anybody's life as long as they let them in their life. And as long as they trust him and as long as they have faith that he can do what he's going to do and say what he's going to say. So that's just another story on how God works in my life. Wow. Epic, man. It's unbelievable and so inspirational, I would say. Uh, it was inspirational for me and my wife. Like you said, we were even at the fundraiser and we were laughing. We were crying because... Some of the stories are, you know, we there's nothing else to do but cry. You know, when when you were saying, I mean, so many stories, so many stories. We're not going to get into all of them, but at the same time, the inspiration, because one, you're a funny guy, and I love how you said, you know, once you know your purpose, it's almost like it made you unstoppable and unapologetic. And I could witness that on that event. I I, I saw you. Even with your dog, right? Like right now, your dog's here. Your dog was that day at the fundraiser. I'm like, I was like, who takes their dog to a fundraiser for their own event? You do, because you don't. You that's not on your. That's that doesn't matter, right? You're there for a reason. You have a purpose, and you're unapologetic about what that is. And what an inspiration and an invitation to anyone listening, or even watching. I think we're still recording. Yeah. So. Um, to find what our purpose is like the the one thing that we are uniquely designed to do in this world like the one thing nobody else in this world can do but you but you but me right so that is that's my takeaway for today's conversation it's amazing and i'll take it to heart i think we need more empathy We need more sympathy. We need more um, 
we need to find our purpose we need faith to conquer circumstances and we need to see I mean once you have those you'll be able to see the good that can come out of any bad right whatever it might be and I I, I guess my prayer for people that are listening is that maybe even in the hardship of I don't know if things that they have experienced in life or things they have experienced maybe through a hard season after COVID and anxiety, depression, like all these things that we have witnessed in the past few years just as a society and as a world is don't give up, right? Don't give up. There's purpose. There's hope. So what would be your final words your invitation to people listening you know, whether it's to support man when i look at even the website i'm like there's a lot still to to work with you know but i love that you are pursuing it and people are coming and saying how can i help here's my money even you know because i think that you're even unapologetic about that i want your money you know you, we need your money so i love that so where do you want to point people to what's your your final words of invitation i think the biggest thing is is education you know, we have an opportunity to teach every kid to possibly become a giver. And we also have the opportunity to let every kid feel like a kid and give them that opportunity to give them choice. So the two things I would love to take away from this podcast is one, every kid having the choice to choose a brand new toy or a used toy and the kid having the choice to be able to put their used toy up or a brand new toy up for another kid to choose. and for them to see that process and if anybody wants to email me daniel at kids give to kids.net um, or you know go on the website and sign up i'm i'm here for you i'll listen to you i'll talk to you and i would love as much help as i can get just by educating others love it dan this is what i do on the show typically i go through emojis i have five emojis that go from blasphemous to divine but in this case i feel like man your story is so epic we're just on the divine emoji like all throughout the episode i feel like this is just divine emoji and i want to give you a little divine pin here it is <laughs> it's just a sign of um of hope and i mean i love your story man so no thank you for being on the show thank you for this time thank you for this conversation the inspiration and I continue to pray that you know, more open doors will come and that you just have to walk through them, right? So thank you so much. Thank you. God bless everybody.